And the most important question, did you get your iPad fixed? You know what? <laughs> I, I what cr- was going on? I had a crazy morning yesterday morning. I have no Dang. idea what that's about. Wow. Don't put that on the podcast. <laughs> no. Welcome to this week's podcast. Welcome. It's good to have you guys. He is Stephen James Hart. She is Megan McDonald. And this week, we have the privilege of sitting down with Don Barry. Don Barry. Senior leader here at Gateway. Mm. And we are going to spend the next little while talking with Don about his sermon. And the new series that we just kicked off, Walking with God. We're going to unpack and explore a little bit more about what walking with God actually looks like in yes. shoes um, and the various seasons and stages of our lives, mm. whether we're teenagers, have a young family, whether we're in business mm. um, and those seasons that are harder through tragedy mm. and transition um, and just see actually what does that look like for us as we walk into our weeks, into our spheres of influences um, mm. and how we can take the word of God, what we hear on a Sunday and really use it and unpack it in our daily lives. Yeah, and it's our hope that this podcast uh, would be something that you can take into your weeks, like Megan was saying, that it would be a little bit of a bite-sized wisdom, knowledge, you know, a a general unpacking of the sermon, but in a small quantity so that you can uh, hopefully, like you were saying, with shoes on, take that practically into your week. This This is is Sunday Sunday Lunch. Well, good morning, Don. Good morning. It's great to have you with us. It's nice to be here. Uh, I thought actually t- to begin this off, it would be really great to um, uh, framing it, knowing this is for Gateway as well, um, talking about how we've been going through fresh Pentecost, people of worship, now walking with God. Why now? Why hone in? Yeah, I think, I think, I, I mean, I had other ideas, to be honest. We were going to do the series on Pentecost and I think the way that went and the way God did such special things, it felt like some of the things that I'd planned just didn't fit. And so um, we segued into the people of worship because that seemed like a natural fit with what God had done in terms of real thanksgiving and appreciation and worship for what he's done and who he is. And then the same really with walking with God. um, We have experienced a lovely season. How do we walk in that? What does it mean to walk with God? So... It wasn't planned, actually, at the start of the year. Always at the start of the year, I sit down and note a few things in terms of where I want to go. And um, I just felt as the Lord was moving that we really needed to change tack and follow where he was leading as opposed to where I thought it might go at the beginning of the year. One of the things that we've been talking about, and I love this this other quote that you said, faith doesn't question the reality of what our senses reveal, but it does question its finality. Mm -hmm. I'd love if you could just... We've got some time yeah. to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, for me, faith has always been a point of confusion. I, I think having come through, you know, the positive confession sort of school of the 70s and 80s and some of that stuff and watching the effects of it in people's lives, I, I, I guess as I was preparing this, I was thinking particularly back to an incident that took place probably a couple of decades ago, but a woman in our church who was very, very sick and and actually, in terms of diagnosis, had been told that she was dying. Um, and a group of people, well-meaning, sincere people, gathered around her and decided in faith that this was not going to happen. And I watched them ignore the reality of their setting in the name of faith. 
and claim and, and confess. And uh, the situation was disastrous, you know, the, the, her children were not given a chance to sit with her and talk about what life might be like without her. Um, and, and even legal documents weren't signed mm. uh, that needed to be signed. And then in the very last moments when it was clear that she was dying, they were trying to get a semi-comatose woman to try and sign legal documents. I mean, the whole situation was a disaster. And I understand, you know, the sincerity of their so-called position of faith. But I guess it, it confirmed some of my deep suspicions and, and concerns about this whole faith school. And I thought, you know, faith has to be something different than that. And so settling on that whole idea of not ignoring reality, because as I said in the sermon, Abraham didn't ignore his reality. He understood his reality. He considered it. He looked closely at it. And he thought, you know, short of God moving in a miraculous way, this is completely nuts. And um, the whole idea of don't confess it, don't talk about it, don't think about it, seems to me like an, um, an ignorance ignoring and a denial of reality and as I said that seems to be more in keeping with Eastern mysticism than than Christianity so faith somehow has to interact with reality mm. but not allow reality to have the final say mm. so that's why I settled on that sentence really it, it seems to me to uh, allow the possibility be open to the possibility, mm. welcome the possibility of God stepping into the situation mm. and absolutely changing the reality, yeah. but also not ignoring it mm. and pretending that it doesn't exist. Mm. For me, some of the faith talk seems to be um, building a building a sandcastle in the sky. Mm. You know, it's it's it's, mm. it, it's not it, it doesn't seem real to me. Mm. Mm. So what would you say to someone who's just received the cancer diagnosis, the infertility, you know, whatever that may be, fill in the blank, um, and they, I don't know, feel whether or not it's that thing of feeling from the Lord or just, um, no, I'm, I, I don't choose to receive that. Do you know what I mean? Like how we, we sort of talk about these things, praying things into existence, these, yep. you know, sort of, I guess maybe unpacking some of that, um, that greater Christian thought that is out there that, um, yeah, because yeah, I feel like that would sort of tie into this yeah, in some yeah, way, sure. you know, do you, what are your sort of thoughts on those kinds of things and, you know? Yeah, you know, when somebody gets a cancer diagnosis and they said, I refuse to accept that, um, I, I think I would probably want to say, so you don't believe you have cancer? No, you know, I'm, I'm, I refuse to accept that I've got cancer. So what are you going to do about treatment? Are you going to refuse to have treatment? Is that, is that a good way to be thinking about this? If, if the Lord speaks and says, I, I do not want you to receive this, then, then fine. You go, on that, you go on that word and you build your life on the things that he says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by a word of God. But short of that word... Um, to your heart, you know, I think you have to recognize, oh my goodness, I've got cancer. Now, can the Lord heal that? Of course he can. Do you believe that he can and, and do you want him to? Of course we do. Can you take your position and 
pray and believe for that and call the elders of the church. You do the things the scripture says and you open and invite the possibility of God stepping into that situation and changing it dramatically. And we've all heard those kinds of stories where God does exactly that. But the denial of the di diagnosis seems to me to be a denial of reality, and I'm not sure that that's faith. I, I, sometimes I think that's more a, um, I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's biblical faith. I like the phrase you said, inviting the possibility for God to come. Mm. Um, and it's welcoming him into the situation mm. and mm. allowing him to do what only he can do. Yep. Um, we've looked a little bit at, at standing on the promises within the word of God, mm -hmm. that it's living, it's immutable. And, you know, the things that God has promised in his word stand for us now today in our contexts. How do you... Um, practically in a situation um, or try to balance taking the promises of the word of God that are unchanging mm. into your situation, but still allowing the possibility for God to do something else and still seeking God's face then and there. Oh my goodness, it's such a balance, isn't it? I mean, we have the promises of the word of God and we build mm. our lives on them. So for example, if, if you know, there's, there's sickness, um, the, the promise of the scripture seems to me that God is a healing God and that we should look to him for exactly that. I think you then balance that with the reality that while the kingdom of God is here and increasing, we do live in a broken world and the mm -hmm. fullness of that kingdom has not yet come. It, it's the George Eldon lad now but not yet. If you build your life on the promises, you know, of yes, healing is available and and it doesn't happen, does that mean that the scriptures aren't true or that God isn't real or that you can't rely on them? And and the obvious answer to that is no. We we believe those things are true and are increasingly going to be true, that the kingdom has arrived in Jesus and and we are seeing that kingdom among us and moving. Is it here in its fullness? No, it's not. And so we do live with the tension of we pray, we see some healed, we don't see everybody healed. And that's difficult. It's difficult to live with. Um, I think I said yesterday uh, um, that God's word will always be fulfilled in terms of finality, but not always from the place or the or the situation that we imagine. So for example, Abraham saw his family, but he didn't see the land that was promised. Mm. So did that promise fall flat or or was it fulfilled in another way? And I think, you know, we would want to say it was fulfilled in another way. And even with even with the issue of healing, people who don't get healed, will they ultimately be healed? Yes, they will. Mm. Will they ultimately know the life that they are longing for? Yes, they will. And I think from that perspective, um, God's, God's promises, they are fulfilled mm. and they come to pass. And I don't think we'll stand on that day feeling somewhat disappointed and underwhelmed by God's promises. I think we will, we will be, we'll be glad and we'll rejoice in the fulfillment of those promises, even though they were perhaps different than we imagined. I think again on this whole walking with God and for us, especially coming out of this, you know, Pentecost season being filled with the Spirit, that's why it's so important to be able to know the voice of God. Yeah. Because it's you've got to know what's 
what he's saying specifically for you and not what necessarily you've seen for someone else. Yeah. Um, that, that sets the precedent of like, yo, no, he can do it. Mm. But it's got to be, I think it's so important that we all have that personal relationship, that personal communion, that intimacy of knowing the voice to know situations, yeah. to know what he's saying. Well, that's what births faith. You know? Mm. You know, It's interesting because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 in the Amplified says, faith is the title deed. So mm. when you get the title deed for a piece of ground, it's your ground. Mm. Now, you may mm. not have possessed it yet, but the title deed gives you the right wow. to expect it to be yours. And the interesting thing is presumption is to go onto ground without having the title deed for it. You step into something that actually God has not given you. So the Israelites are told, go through the Red Sea, go through on dry ground. They do. The Egyptians see the ground and say, we can do that too. Mm. And off they go. They weren't told to do that. They weren't given that ground. And and for them, it's presumption. So when the Lord speaks to you, you know, if he, if he gives you a word or a promise, or you can hold that with confidence that you have the title deed and the ground belongs to you. I think sometimes at least, you know, when that word hasn't been sort of given to you, quickened to you, we presume things. Mm. Other people have done this. We're going to do that right. too. And actually, there's a difference between faith and presumption. Mm. Yeah, that's profound. And I think in our humanness, sometimes we would take those promises and that we hear or we see and we go, I want to claim that for my mm. life because mm. it's good. And, and we presume and we sort of don't think, mm. okay, actually, is this a word for my life? Mm. Is this mm. what God is speaking to me? Mm. And so we, we go off presumption. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that creates some difficulties mm. for me because, mm. you know, you say, well, the word of God is God's promises. Mm. And if he promises healing, then surely you, we go on that. And I would want to say in general, that's exactly what we do. James says, when you're sick, you go to the elders of the church, you pray, and you believe that God is a healing God, and you look for that. Um, there are times, though, when God speaks into a situation, and it's there where real vibrant, I don't know, ground-possessing faith mm. grips you. Mm. And that's different, you know. For me, it is. And I, I, it's, How do you know the difference between the two? $64 million question, I wish I knew. Yeah, I'd be interested. How do you help people mm, or, yeah. or give wisdom in those mm, situations mm. where if this doesn't work out, inverted commas, in the way that we were hoping and believing for, how, how do you pass this? Yeah, it's very <laughs> difficult, you know, because you want to see people live in faith and hope. And, and the Word of God is what we live for and, and build our lives on. But that has to be mixed with the fact that the kingdom of God, while it's here and increasing, is not in its fullness. And, and it's, it is. It's an incredible challenge. What did you turn to? Did you find something good? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I wanted to touch on the um, humility. Be able to uh, speak to, to unpack more on that. Or yeah, I, I think Tim Keller says it better than most people, doesn't he? You know, and you've probably heard the phrase where he says, I'm more flawed and broken than I ever imagined, and yet I'm more loved than I could ever have believed. Mm. Something mm. to that effect. It's yeah. just a brilliant quote. Mm. And it mixes those two ideas. Mm. Yes, I am redeemed. Mm. I am greatly loved. And at the same time, I recognize that there's a degree of brokenness. And yeah. I don't think you have to 
in accepting one, you don't have to reject the other. Right. We're a mixture of both right. of those two things. Right. To concentrate on one or the other, mm. sometimes I think is an exercise in missing the point. The reality, again, is that we're both. Mm. It's a little like I said before, the kingdom of God has come, yeah. and it's here, but mm. it's not in its fullness mm. yet. Mm. And, and humility is probably a recognition of those things. Yes. Yeah, I know who God's made me to be, and I'm yeah. confident in that, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, I can be a rascal. I can mm. be a broken rascal. Mm. And and I'm both of those things at the same time. Yeah. Megan. <laughs> it just takes me a while to process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's very good. Probably one more question. In yep. terms of the series, it's yep. it's going to be about eight or nine weeks. Mm. What's your hope for this series? What, if we could, as a church, walk away with one thing mm. or land on one thing, or be preparing our heart to walk yeah, something. To pre- yeah. What would mm. it be? Uh, what I'd what I'd love to happen is that people, as they are listening to other people talking about the events and seasons of their lives, that they'd recognise themselves. I think sometimes we have the tendency to think, oh, nobody feels like I feel, and you know, I'm so broken and I'm so damaged, or whatever it is that they think, and they think, and and God just couldn't work with that. You know, He can't work with me, and this season I just can't see God in it. And if they could hear the journey of other people and recognise, oh my goodness, you know, this is the same and different. That that while. Um, while we each walk through our own individual circumstances in lots of ways, we traverse the same ground. Mm. And um, if there are people perhaps who are thinking, gosh, my life is such a mess, it's so dark, God couldn't possibly be walking with me through this, that they come to the realization, actually, he does, and he is, Mm. and he will never leave you. Mm. And although you might feel like that at times, Perhaps that's more normal than you think and that you're not such a bad person as you imagine yourself mm. to be. Mm. That we all have those moments where we wonder, oh my Lord, why have you forsaken me? Mm. How, how, You know, I think of Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me? Mm. How long will you hide your face from me? How long do I take counsel in my heart, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long do my enemies be exalted over me. We have moments like that. You know, the crazy thing about that psalm is only a couple of verses later, the psalmist is saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for you have dealt bountifully with me. Such a mixture of it, you know, and and I think that's why I love the psalms. It's so me, Mm. you know. In one moment, I'm, how long, Lord? And the next moment, God, you're so good to me. I just (laughs) want to sing about your bountiful ways. And, and I guess through this series, I, I would love people to see their own journey and think, oh, that's me. I can do this too. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Sunday Lunch. It was wonderful to have the pleasure of your company. Until next time, kakitiano. Kaki